This is All the Cool Parts number 4 for March 21st, 2010. This week on All the Cool Parts, the concertos of Japanese composer Takashi Yoshimatsu. Takashi Yoshimatsu was born March 18, 1953, in Tokyo, Japan. He grew up without formal musical training and early in life played in rock bands, particularly in prog rock bands. Uh, Shortly after this, he began composing in a classical music style and uh, made his mark in 1981 with his serial piece called Threnody for Toki. Uh, After this piece, he kind of became disenchanted with atonal music, and uh, starting composing in a completely different style, a kind of lyrical, neo-romantic style um, that made heavy use of his background in rock, jazz, and traditional Japanese music. In addition to writing symphonies, Yoshimatsu has made a reputation for himself writing concertos, and uh, he's written quite a few, and some for instruments not usually associated with a concerto. These include concertos for bassoon, cello, guitar, trombone, alto and soprano saxophone, traditional Japanese instruments, as well as two piano concertos. Uh, On this podcast, I'll be presenting four of his concertos, those being for guitar, trombone, soprano saxophone, and finally piano. In this first excerpt, we're going to hear the very opening of Yoshimatsu's guitar concerto, subtitled Pegasus Effect. Uh, This concerto was written for Japanese super guitarist Kazuhito Yamashita, and I say super guitarist because um, uh, you just have to kind of go check him out. He's done a lot of transcriptions for solo guitar of pretty monumental piano pieces, such as uh, Modest Mazorgsky's Pictures at an Exhibition, and uh, I would have thought this would be unplayable on, you know, solo guitar, and it's pretty amazing to watch him uh, play this entire piece on on guitar. Uh, in the first movement, entitled "Bird," we hear techniques in the guitar borrowed from the Spanish flamenco guitar, uh, namely the rapid strumming with the fingers called rasqueado in flamenco music, as well as uh, sweeping gestures uh, that also come from flamenco. This is frequently interrupted by bird-like sounds from the orchestra, and this is a common theme in many Japanese composers' music, Uh, just the simple theme of nature, uh, emulating uh, 
and imitating nature sounds uh, in the orchestra and in the music. And you can hear this um, a lot in the more famous uh, Japanese composer Toru Takamitsu's music um, all over the place. Uh, and this has got to be a, a reverence and a nod to the native religion of Japan, which is Shinto. excerpt again from uh, his guitar concerto and, and again from the first movement we hear ringing bell-like sounds from the orchestra and this is answered by the guitar with natural harmonics and these also sound a bit bell-like um, following this we hear the sound of wind uh, made by the wind players over a frantic double bass solo and after this happens um, it's all overtaken by more chittering bird song in the orchestra however uh Yoshimatsu doesn't use the bird song like other past composers, like a kind of single melodious melody. Um, rather, he uses it as kind of a melodious yet cacophonous sound of an entire forest full of birds. This is from the first solo cadenza for the guitar, um, still from the first movement. He continues the bell-like interruptions to this melodic tune, and it's punctuated by very, I don't know what I say, Japanese-sounding sonorities, um, sonorities that are full of perfect intervals, um, perfect fifths, perfect fourths. Um, I won't go too much into this um, intervals, but I'll put some uh, some links in the show notes if you're really curious to learn about uh, what perfect intervals are, but <laughs> here's the uh, first con uh, first cadenza of the concerto.
In the second movement entitled Flower, we hear first a passage in the guitar emulating a Japanese biwa or Japanese lute. This is followed by a restatement of the exact of exactly the same music but done again as a western classical guitar. This interesting dichotomy can be seen as a musical metaphor for Yoshimatsu himself, a Japanese composer writing western classical music. In this last excerpt from the third movement titled Wind, we hear the closing cadenza. Here Yoshimatsu has the guitar in several different worlds. It opens with a hyper jazz-inspired walking bass line with chords, and then moves back into the agitated flamenco-inspired rasciados of the opening. In response, the orchestra builds up in a chaotic torrent of nature sounds, and in the end, the two come together, man and nature united.
don't usually associate trombone with a concerto. This genre is usually reserved for more traditionally virtuosic instruments such as the violin or the piano. In Orion Machine, Yoshimatsu opens with the concerto with long lyrical lines in the trombone, introducing strong nods to classic big band jazz. In the next excerpt from the second movement, Yoshimatsu stays with this big band theme, but goes a completely different direction with it. Um, In this part, he gives us a really aggressive and demented big band with fractured lines performed by two trombones, all in 5-4 time. In the third movement, we get silvery, almost mystical sonorities from harp with metal percussion instruments. This transitions into an almost quaint French-like song for the trombone and piano that eventually degenerates into chaos. In the central cadenza, Yoshimatsu challenges the traditional definition of a cadenza and what a cadenza is supposed to be. 
traditionally, the cadenza is the part in the concerto where the soloist is left to play completely solo, showing off their great virtuosity. In this cadenza, however, Yoshimatsu taps into the inherent humor of a trombone playing a cadenza. Like Zappa from the last episode, uh, Yoshimatsu has no problem putting humor into his music. And let's face it, trombonist, there's just something inherently funny about your instrument. Uh, I mean, the early trombone was called a sack butt. You know, it's just, that's just funny. Uh, In this cadenza, it's as if the player is looking to emulate great feats of classical virtuosity and even at the end tries to reach the dizzying heights of a violin, but eventually submits and gives up. The end of the concerto features one of Yoshimatsu's beautiful sustained climaxes and concludes with long lyrical trombone lines of the opening movement. The next concerto is the Cyber Bird Concerto for Soprano, Saxophone, and Orchestra. The overall tone, according to Yoshimatsu, is, quote, an imaginary bird in the realm of cyberspace, unquote. The first movement, titled Bird in Colors, features a heavy jazz influence as the bird, or saxophone, flies through a strata of colors, or the orchestra. Thank you. 
The second movement of the concerto, titled Bird in Grief, was written as an elegy for Yoshimatsu's sister. Uh, he composed this while in the hospital with her, in, uh, while she was dying of terminal cancer. And apparently her last words to him were, I would like to be a bird in my next life. The third movement, Bird in the Wind, features this cadenza-like section with this really cool dialogue between the saxophone and the drum set, uh, which is another instrument that you don't really see very much in orchestra. The last concerto we're going to listen to is his piano concerto Memo Flora, or Memory of Flowers. This first excerpt sets up what you're going to hear through the entire concerto, this really attractive theme in the piano that alternates between four and five meter. Uh, this leads into a continuation of the opening movement titled Flower, which features a long, slow buildup in Yoshimatsu's typical manner, uh, chaotic figurations being slowly layered until the entire orchestra is joined in.
The second movement, Petals, is supposed to depict the sound of flower petals dropping onto and floating on rippling water. Uh, Yoshimatsu gets a highly picturesque and impressionistic sound with this movement. In the final movement entitled Bloom, Yoshimatsu opens this movement with the original piano theme, an alternating 5-4 meter. Uh, then I'm going to go into the cadenza. This is I'm going to close the podcast with this. Um, the cadenza is uh, this just beautiful, meditative, and highly impressionistic cadenza. In addition to the impressionism influence, there's also a hint of the more light and lyrical Mozart concertos in this music. And that's the one thing that I really admire about this concerto. Much like Mozart, it's really not afraid to be frivolous. Hey, performers, performing ensembles, and composers. All the Cool Parts podcast wants your music for All the Cool Parts Idol. If you're an emerging artist with a good quality recording and you'd like All the Cool Parts podcast to share it with the world, please email sound files and other details to allthecoolparts at gmail.com. Help me share your music with the world. And that's it for all the cool parts number four 
Thanks a lot for listening. I am your host, Anthony Joseph Landman. If you want to find me on the internets, uh, you can email at allthecoolparts at uh, gmail.com. You can uh, visit us on the web at allthecoolparts.blogspot.com. You can follow me on Twitter at twitter.com slash Anthony Landman. And you can visit me on my website, anthonyjosephlandman.com. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time on All the Cool Parts. In the first excerpt we're going to hear, uh, the very blah, blah, blah.